0: Welcome to our podcast. We are going to be talking about the Rock Chapel today. It's a very historic chapel, and we have some folks that will be sharing some interesting things with you. I am Marion, and I would like to just briefly uh, have each person who's going to be speaking today to introduce themselves. We'll start with Cindy, who is kind of launching a project right now. Uh, Cindy, and I am the chair of the board. Okay. So the Rock Chapel has its own board. Yes. Okay. And we'd like to meet you too.
1: (laughs) My name is Pastor Trish Geis. I'm the pastor here at York Springs
2: United Methodist Church. Okay. Dana? I'm Dana. I'm an archivist at Ye Old Sulphur Spa Historical Society in York Springs.
0: Okay. Very good. Well, it's going to be interesting to see uh, some of the information that you have. Uh, I want to start with Cindy and say what brings this to our attention right now what is happening and has been happening in the last few years under your leadership and some others with Rock Chapel? Rock Chapel is the oldest
3: United Methodist church west of the Susquehanna and we've been entrusted with this by the conference and it is a very old structure and five years ago we started to do an improvement plan and We have spent a total of $28,326 on improvements in the last five years. From replacing a beam that was structurally inept for the bell tower, we replaced that. We painted windows, shutters. We replaced half of the wooden floor and the beams underneath. We did some parking lot improvements and reworked brick walks and created
0: a new walk. It sounds as though you're really putting some effort and resources into preserving this chapel in the way that it was when it was originally built.
3: Exactly, we don't wanna change anything. We just want to preserve what we've been
0: entrusted with. Okay, very good. Pastor Trish, could you mention a little more about how
1: this chapel came to be part of the church that you serve and how it's funded? So Rock Chapel was entrusted to York Springs United Methodist Church at least around 1982. And the church was entrusted to us because the conference uh, does not have a committee directly to care for such historical churches, but does respect and honor that history and does not want to lose it. So they've asked this church, York Springs United Methodist Church, to take care of Rock Chapel. And so a committee has been formed here at the church to be able to maintain that. And through that chat tra- or through that committee, we are constantly trying to maintain it, to raise funds, to be able to do that, and just to care for it in the form that uh, it used to be. Okay.
0: From from what uh, you ladies have told me, I, my, it's my understanding that this chapel is pre Civil War and pre Revolutionary War. On top of that, and I think that's interesting because it was founded, I think, at the earliest days of Protestantism. Can you talk to that a little bit? The itinerant ministers, I think
2: you mentioned to me. Well, John Wesley met Robert Strawbridge, who was an itinerant preacher here in the 1770s. And he originally started in the Carroll County, Maryland area, and he began to branch out looking for people to reach with the gospel message. And the story goes that in 1770, he was in our area riding his horse He was tired one night, and he basically threw the reins and let the horse just find his way and found his way to a local farm, and he spent some time there and preached to the people who were renting the farm, and the message spread to the people who owned the farm, and three families through that ministry got together and decided that they needed a place to meet, and they started meeting at homes and in the orchards, and the message spread and the people came. <laughs> it speaks
0: to the history, the settlement of this area, and likewise the the planting of the seeds of Methodism uh, in this area. So it goes clear back there, and that's interesting. Cindy, can you tell us a little bit more about the structure? Was it always used for a chapel, or was there a period of time that no. it was not used? In the early 1700s, <clears throat> after they had started to build the
3: chapel, money was very hard to come by, and for a period of time, the structure had no windows, no doors, well, I guess it had a door, but there were no windows, and so they used it as a sheet fold for a while because there was not enough money to finish it. So.
0: And, and I think at that time it was still a dirt floor, is yes. That right? Yes, there was no floor. Correct.
3: Okay. All right.
0: So what caused them to decide to convert? the availability of funds that came back into play? We really don't have the answer to that in the documents that we have. It just
3: says that they eventually did get it completed. We don't know exactly when. The cornerstone was 1773, but we really don't know when the structure actually was completed. At least I am not aware of the date. Okay.
0: All right. Well, not only does it have pre-revolutionary war history, but I think there's some little interesting um, stories about tying this community or this area to the Civil War. Do you, could you talk with that a little bit?
2: Yes, we have some stories from um, Samuel SSW, actually he went by, SSW Hammers. He moved to the area as a young boy with his parents from Virginia and when he was 11 years old the Battle of Gettysburg was happening And there was an encampment of Confederate soldiers in Heidlersburg, which is just down the road from Rock Chapel. And uh, being a boy, he was fascinated by the soldiers and the horses, and he wandered down there and spent the day in the camp among the soldiers. And there was an officer who noticed the boy, and he assigned two other men to see that he made it home safely. And uh, some of the, the interesting stories that he told... Uh, One in particular was he was uh, coming home with the soldiers and he saw all of these packs of cards on the road and he didn't understand why and he asked them and they said, well, soldiers don't want to be caught dead with a pack of cards on them. (laughs) So they threw them on the road and um, they told him, don't pick any up. These are things that bad men use to gamble. (laughs) So he never did for the rest of his life use cards. Uh, He did recall an afternoon During the battle, when people had gathered at Rock Chapel, and he recalls the men praying audibly, the women weeping, and he remembers a man from the church taking the children and challenging them to recite the first chapter of John, and anyone who could, he had a quarter ready for them, and Samuel said it was a struggle, but he made it through and got his quarter. And what a brilliant way to keep the children's minds off of the awful things that were happening.
0: That is very interesting. Um, I think there was also a story about the fear that the, the Confederates, even though they were so close and seemed friendly, um, the fear that the Confederates might raid their their stores and their food, etc. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it is uh, written that
3: the blankets from the Heikas Woolen Mill were stored in the what I will call an attic It's really just rafters <laughs> of the uh, Rock Chapel Church. And apparently they were stored there to keep them from being confiscated by the Confederates.
0: Interesting. So we really see what a rich history that the Rock Chapel has. Pastor Trish, could you tell us a little bit about some modern day things that are used to um, uplift the community and have them celebrate together and use this wonderful historic site.
1: Yes, absolutely. In the last few years, we realized how fascinating this church was to the community and how interested people really were. In 2017, at our Christmas Eve service, there were uh, 97 people, which was already an increase from an average few years before that of 75, it increased the following year in 18 to 121, and then in 2019 to 160 people at just one service. So we quickly realized that we need to do more, and this is such a rich piece of history that people are fascinated with and want to know more about. Many locals knew the church was there, but maybe didn't know much about it or had never been inside. Some didn't even know it was there on this side road. So many people, we've been reaching out to different churches, uh, Methodist churches, as well as other Protestant churches to show this church to and to gain interest, and it is taking off. So we have uh, formed four events that we are trying to do each year, starting here in 2020, which is a good Friday service, uh, also in of course March or April and then a hymn sing in June and a heritage service in September as well as the Christmas Eve service. The heritage service has been around for quite a while but that too is also growing um, in leaps and bounds of attendance and interest. All right I imagine Cindy
0: that the one of the reasons people are attracted to come here not only because of the history but because of the the church itself. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, I think people like to step back in time, and in doing so, when they come to the church, there is no heat, there is no electricity, there is not even a jiffy (laughs) jar, so come prepared. But um, just going back in time where everything is lit by candle or gaslight, and blocking out the rest of the world to what we
0: had very simply in the early days. It sounds like that's a unique experience I can see why it would be attracting ever more people. Now, I want to hear a little more, Cindy, about how, how the, the, ch- the chapel has been and is being preserved before you became a board member over the last five years and even before because many churches today do not have funds to preserve their historic sites, Many many companies don't have that. Tell us a little bit more about how the preservation has progressed. Well, there were quite a few years where little was
3: done. I mean, it was maintained, but it is all by donations. Any collection that we take at any of the service goes totally towards the preservation of the chapel. Up until five years, there was a trust fund, I guess it would call called trust fund, that was set up years ago where we had uh, some bequeaths money that was invested, and we realized that the chapel was going to deteriorate if we didn't start putting some improvements into it. And at that point, we decided we needed to use some of that funding. And we agreed at that time that we would not wipe it clean, (laughs) that um, we would be good stewards and did what we could with the funds that we had and did emergency repairs and so forth. So five years ago, we realized there was quite a bit of structural need, and we started with the uh, beam from the bell tower that was coming down through the ceiling. And we knew that at that point, if we didn't do something, we were not going to be able to hold services in the church anymore because it was becoming unsafe. So that's whenever we took on the five-year plan. I'm quite pleased with what we have accomplished. We do get help from... The History and Archives Commission from the United Methodist Conference, uh, we do get some grant funding from them uh, and we've been very fortunate that we have been able to get that in the
0: last three years, three, three to five years, we uh, have received some grant funding from them. I think the information that you have shared with us is very important and interesting and we'll keep that chapel available to people for a long time to come. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the information about this wonderful historic church. And you are very welcome to attend visit sometime and uh, come to one of their special events. And if you just want more information, if you go to historicrockchapel.org, you can find more information. Thank you for listening.